this week? We've been doing a lot ever since we came back. I mean, did you listen to last week's episode? It was really long. So let's chill out this week and keep it light with coverage of this week's NXT and Dynamite, and maybe even a little Worlds Collide too, and some other stuff. All this and more tonight on Heal Alternative. One and all, it is Wednesday, January 29th, 2020, and welcome to episode 15 of Heal Alternative, Pro Wrestling.cool's Posse Podcast, where we cover NXT, AEW, and the wide world of professional wrestling outside Vince's purview. Heck of a show for you tonight, and let us get right on into it because uh, real talk and just a little kayfabe uh, breaking here. Recording this episode has been absolute fucking hell. This is like the third time that we've had to try and do this. I. Uh, we're 90 minutes behind schedule based on how we usually record so this is wild it's, it's midnight on eastern standard time i'm i started this show off tired and i'm even more tired and i'm your host john gavrexky maxwell joined of course by trace evans i'm downing energy drinks like it's not tomorrow and oscar bernard hey how's it going i've i just said how it's going i've almost finished my venti coffee that's good. I started drinking had, this when we was first recorded. <laughs> we had all this good content, and now it's just gone forever. So instead of even acknowledging it anymore, let's just get on to the first topic here. Hey, Oscar, you demanded that we put in a news section here for some reason. I uh, yeah, I mostly demanded we put it. Or I mostly requested a news section because we don't really have a place on here to talk about NWA. And I just wanted to bring a little light on to the fact that they've got the TV title now, which is uh, kind of cool. Um, Wait, that's not the national championship? I thought that was the TV title. No, no, and it's not. It, they actually, at hard times, they brought back the TV title. Um, but they how, gave how it. How do you have a TV title when you don't have a television show? They have YouTube. YouTube is the TV of the future. It's a TV for Zoomers. But, um... I need a fact-checked on this. I like, you know, they brought it back, and, um... But they gave it an interesting little twist. And that's something that they're calling the Lucky Seven Rule. Basically, if a champion can defend their title seven times in a row, which is either a successful... Like, a successful defense is basically if they win the match, or if they go to the time limit draw, which is 6.05... <laughs> Such a silly That's time. really dumb. I mean, look, it's the time that power starts on a Tuesday. Yes, we all know the relevance of 605. It's the mothership, daddy-o! But, um, you know... I, would, I do... I think it would be better if instead of doing that gimmick, though, they, they just made it actually more reasonable, did the 10-minute li- time limit from old NWA style. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But uh, if they can do it seven times in a row, they get an instant shot at the uh, World's Heavyweight Championship. Now, this I actually do like. This is probably the smartest thing I've seen with any mid-card title because usually you have to pick up the title, you have to hold it, and then if you want to move up to a higher tier, like, oh, I'm no longer mid-card because the crowd loves me now, I'm over as hell. Uh, yeah, you got to drop the title and lose a big match, and then you just 
fall upwards, I guess, and challenge. So this makes way more Where sense to me. Works. And I think it's, what's also mm-hmm. what's also going to be helpful with this is it means that not just mid carders will go for this. Like you can have your main event people going for your mid card title, and it's being believable. Right. right. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a really smart move, and like you know, hey, I I love me a television title, so I'm I'm glad that they're doing this and bringing it back. But it does raise a question here of. So then, why would anyone want the national championship? The only reason I can think of for the national championship still being there is that they can put it on a cowardly heel that doesn't want to defend, or that they can get away with not having them defend their title all the time, but still have them holding gold. Isn't that just Nick Aldis, though? <laughs> God damn it. I Just hear me out here. Five for ten rule. Five defenses gets you the ten pounds of gold shot. It, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. I'll, two less defenses if I get for that title instead. But then why I, I would you know. have the TV title? Because you have to, you know, it, it's easier to get and you have to do seven defenses and the time limit's shorter. Yeah, it's a short time limit. You, you right. got to blitz out and maybe my cardio is, like, better. And I can last. You're not Brock Lesnar. Exactly. I'm not Brock Lesnar. Sorry. Wait. The bad place is slipping in here. We got to. We yeah, got to move on. We got to move, move on. Please move. Okay. <sighs> let's just let's just do it. I've been requested to play this jingle, and so I shall. What the fuck? Where's the kind of football that the NFL used to be? Where's my smash mouth wide open football? Not here. Oscar, oh. someone tells me that you have some XFL news. I do oh, no. have some XFL news. <sighs> and that is, they have. Tell me about my smash mouth wide open football, ball, 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 ball. There's actually two pieces of XFL news. One that I literally just found out while trying to pull up the article for the other XFL news. Oh, God. Oh, God. Well, what's that, then? So the first piece of XFL news, this actually came out yesterday. They've announced that they're going to have a female official as part of every crew. Wow. How inclusive. Actually, it's kind of cool. I'm not going to rip on that one. And uh, the other thing, the other big differentiator that they announced today that's going to make them different from all from the NFL, they're not going to test for marijuana. Hell yeah! Now, I have a question about this. Matt Riddle to the New York Guardians, let's go! Oh, quarter bro! <laughs> so, do you think that this was done because... They wanted to be more modern with their drug testing rules, or do you think it's because they couldn't keep any players if they actually caught them with weed? Well, you know, they have the whole rule about, um, you know, they have the whole kind of bullshit rule about, like, no player's going to have a criminal record. Well, they threw that out the window because I think there's a couple with criminal records that are currently on the rosters. Well, yes. But, um... Whoops-a-daisy. We don't talk about that. I mean, sure, we don't have to, but it's, it's a thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so they're not going to be testing for marijuana. They, they've they basically said it's because, 
you know, it's because they want to set themselves apart from the NFL, and they they went on a whole like Oliver Luck went on this whole thing about how like, yeah, the NFL is too restrictive, and you know, there's actually a lot of health benefits to marijuana, and it's absolutely not a performance enhancer. So why are you testing for it? He's not wrong, but at the same time, I really yeah. feel like it's like we don't want to disqualify 75% of our roster over the shit. I mean, whatever. Is it legal in America yet? Uh, no. In a lot of state states. State-by-state state basis. But yeah. Federally, is it, it is still very illegally. Of, is it legal in all of the states that have teams? Um, no. No. Okay. Seattle, it is legal, but again, like, on a federal level, it totally is not. New York, it is not legal. But is it legal in New Jersey where the New York team plays? Don't no. believe so. East Coast is pretty restricted still. Hmm. It's. I think it's. It's medical. Medical is legal in both New York and New Jersey, but yeah, it's. It is not. It is decriminalized. Yeah. Which again, that's just because the federal government doesn't want to be the goddamn narcs and have to waste all their money chasing down the dope or the weed dealers. And I mean, you know, as you 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 basically you kind of hit the nail on the head as well. Like, kind of the real reason is. Antonio Callaway, who plays for the Tampa Bay Vipers, was kicked out of the NFL for using weed. Yep. And Mm -hmm. also, I think they're trying to court Josh Gordon. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Look, it's it's a football company owned by Vince McMahon. If there is one thing that I know they are very good at, it is... Fucking using a social issue to try and gain brownie points for their own stupid purposes. That is WB to a T. Which, I mean, you know, as I've said before, a good deed done for shitty reasons is still a good deed. I suppose so. But this does dovetail nicely into our next topic here, which is... Boy, howdy, a lot of shit happened in NXT in the past week. Sure hey, did. Let's go. Not the least of which being our first topic here, which is, uh, hey, the the NXT Women's Championship is now just the NXT Championship. What? So, which who's the champion now? Is it Rhea or is it um, whoever is actually the NXT? I don't know the other Adam champion. Co- Adam Cole, is, baby. Is it still Adam Cole? The answer is yes. So yeah, it's Adam Cole. They didn't have a unification match? No Adam Cole versus Rhea Ripley? Nope. So, wait. wait. The Undisputed Era have lost, like, all their other titles. Let them keep the one. Uh, that's fine, but it's They still like, have the tag titles. You have two identical I they, belts. I thought they changed those. Nah. And, Brian but, Strong's the only one that lost it. Yeah. But, yeah, like, it's... This is a dumb decision. And I also kind of don't like the fact that the WWE on Fox account that that people seem to love basically kind of threw Becky Lynch under the bus for this. What'd they do? They just posted, like, they posted an image shot uh, of, of an out-of-context line from an interview where Becky Lynch was like, yeah, we need to, you know, the way for the women's division to progress is for them to just stop calling it women. No, that's not true at all. The way to do it is to call the men's championship the men's championship. Yeah, like, you can ha- you can do this and still get the same wokeness points. Right. If you want actual, you know, if you're going to make it, 
this kind of thing where you're dropping the gender from it, then Rhea Ripley and Adam Cole, if they ever show up in the same ring and hold titles up against each other, that's a pay-per-view fight all of a sudden. Yeah. And Rhea Ripley's going to win, but goddammit. And you're still kind of making the divisions inherently unequal because there's no women's North American Championship or NXT women's tag title. Yeah, at the end of the day, like, the problem with this is not, like, the idea of, oh, they're making the championships equal. It's the it's the fact that this is just, like, a weaponization of fucking identity politics for fucking yep. good PR. This is, they're not actually changing anything. Like, and, you know, I, I have seen some some people look at this and, you know, like, I look, I'm, I'm very sympathetic to, like, the to the idea that a lot of people have had of, like, you know, hey, I, of, like, Seeing this as, like, you know, a person that, you know, identifies as non-binary or something like that and feeling kind of like, you know, feeling some kind of validation by this, that it's not just, like, you know, a gender title. Like, I, I understand that fucking, you know, perspective on it, but my problem with that is exactly like y'all said, they haven't actually changed anything, like – the gender divide is still there. It's still a completely unequal playing field because the men's division mm-hmm. is just so much fucking larger than the women's division. Like, they're not breaking up the two divisions. They're still going to have the two titles be completely separate. Only people that are allowed in certain divisions are going to be allowed to do that. And you know that, like, even if there are, like, you know, even if they do have a non-binary wrestler, even if they do have, like, intersex wrestler or anything like that, they're going to make them fuck compete in like whatever their fucking like biological you know their quote-unquote biological fucking you know oh sex is unless you know they're actually trans because then that would be like an actual issue for them yeah you pretty much summed it all up i think like if you want to be woke about this stuff if as long as you got two different divisions name all the titles of those divisions and then yeah. if you got someone who's non-binary or something like that that actually comes up, which, I mean, I think wrestling's about 10 years removed from that, maybe five if we're lucky, um, not counting AEW because, I don't know, they might have a shot quicker than that. I doubt it, but we'll see. I definitely doubt that. Yeah, me too. Um, but just have the non-binary person choose their division and just go at one at a time if they want to switch between them. Like, who gives a fuck? The only yeah. reason, you know, like, and I think a lot of this comes down to Yo, it kind of sucks that Mattel just straight up won't let them do intergender. In any the thing is that I feel like it's not even really Mattel. I think feel like it's also just they don't want to do that. Because I think NXT is actually the show with the women that would be most able to hang realistically with the men because it's the show, you know, their men are a lot smaller and their women are about the same size. Definitely. Like, I'm not going to disagree with that, but I also, look, there's a part of me that still thinks that, like, I I do seriously wonder if they would ever actually, even if Mattel wasn't an issue and Mattel was totally cool with it, I do seriously wonder if they would actually really want to go down that road, especially when it's like, you know, again, like we said, the men's division is so much fucking bigger than the women's division. Like, it's not even a fucking contest. I feel like like they would have gone down that road with, like, a Nia Jax because they so desperately want to have another China. Yeah, yeah, and I bet you that the whole Tessa Blanchard thing has got them thinking, well, shit, we we can do that. What I've heard in the past when Triple H has been kind of cornered on this whole subject is his whole rationale for it is we need a storyline that makes sense to do it. 
and he's kind of left it at that, which is a, kind of a non-answer, but at the same token, if you have a Nia Jax or a Tessa Blanchard or something like that that comes up, like Tessa Blanchard situation, I think, because as we covered last week, that could be anyone in her spot. Can't wait but for something... Charlotte to dethrone Adam Cole. Yeah, something like that. That's the champion she's going to choose. Mm-hmm. Don't you fucking put that out into the universe. I, I'm actually Don't you kind do of mad this about this, yeah. But I'm just, I'm just not going to buy into this. Bailey gonna... with the SmackDown women's title. Becky with the Raw women's title. Charlotte with the NXT men's championship. And then Sasha Banks has nothing. Just as WWE wants. Oh, man. I'm just going to curl over in this corner and die. Just don't mind me. Why are you bringing the bad place here? Why have you done this to us? Sorry. Um, but yeah, I... More than this story as it develops, but <laughs> I I don't like it. Yeah, it's silly. It's more of... it's. It is once again WWE doing the fucking famous Stephanie McMahon quote of using philanthropy as PR. That... That's pretty much what she's very, very good at. And yeah, it's not necessarily a worthwhile look. I don't know, I'm I'm just... I don't pay much attention to the bad place anymore, John. Well, a lot of it happened this week, Trace. Because there was that Worlds of Collide event on Saturday. And yeah, we... Owen reviewed that with Katie on the fucking Patreon. He's dragging five dollars if you want to hear that. He's why is he dragging Katie into this? Katie's our good Fortnite player. Don't don't drag her in. I don't know. Owen, I have have I have advised against getting your partner involved in this podcast shit. Katie, if you hear this, run. Not not from Owen, just from the podcast. Yeah, it's a trap. Yeah, the podcast is a trap. Owen is not. Yeah, Owen's good. Owen's good, but just next time he says podcast, just say, oh, about Fortnite? And just insist that it's always about Fortnite. And if he ever asks you to go on something called I'd Rather Not, nope, the, nope, name nope. Of the, the name of the show alone should be your response. Yes. Fuck Owen. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar, I know you talked about Worlds Collide a little bit on on the Mothership Daddy this week. So, hey, if you haven't heard that, Oscar was on Heel Turn this week. Uh, Go listen to that. That was cool. But I haven't had a chance to talk about Worlds Collide, so I want to talk about it for like two minutes. Yeah, Yeah. talk about it. I don't know. It was cool. The main event fucking ruled. What was the main event? Uh, That was the Undisputed Era versus Imperium. Oh, okay. Where Alexander Wolfe died for our sins. Yeah, that match, I mean, that match fucking ruled. Damn. That was a 40 minutes of fucking nonsense. I mean, weird. A, a match with arguably eight of the best wrestlers employed by WWE fucking ruled. Yeah, strange how that works. Also, Mustache Mountain DIY fucking ruled. Weird. A so match with two of the best weird. tag teams. Even though, I really like... Mm-hmm. Even though, as Owen kind of pointed out, it's like, there's no reason for DIY to be together. 
I actually completely disagree with that. Like, for one, look, they're they're kind of friends again. Like, they've been sort of teasing it out. Like, they they have been teasing out that like they're kind of cool again, or like they have this tenuous relationship here. Like, it did kind of get lost a little bit because you know Johnny got that concussion and had to go away for mm. a month. Yeah, but. I think I think that y'all were very much overstating the problem. And if anything, what I really loved about it is I think that they are continuing to tell a fucking great story of their relationship, which is that they bring out the absolute best and fucking worst in each other. Like that one little moment in the match where like they throw, you know, they throw both of the mustache mountain guys over the announce tables and fucking Ciampa's doing his little dickhead fucking trolling where he's sitting on the ring apron and clapping and patting himself on the back and then fucking Johnny Gargano just shows up next to him and then he starts doing the clapping and patting himself on the back and they do it together and then they hug. Like it's just such a wonderful little moment of like they just again it's them bringing out the absolute best and worst of each other. It's Johnny Gargano is at his most talented when Tommaso Ciampa is there and also his most dickhead evil piece of shit self when Ciampa is there. And that fucking nuance is of that character. I just love it so much. And the fact that they can keep doing like new interesting angles on that like in just these little moments in these matches that yeah arguably maybe really didn't need to happen it's it just shows how much on a fucking other level these two are yeah when you and you actually put it that way i just feel like they kind of tripped up something they could have really driven home nicely like that if they just hadn't tried to have the death feud too early I, yeah, that's just my view on it. But then again, I've not seen DIY and anything either one of them done for quite some time. Again, I mean, this I, is really the the first thing that they've done since you know Chopper came back. I can't oh, okay. I can't that. fault them for a lot of stuff because they got this story more than a lot of stories in recent memory got absolutely fucked over by injuries. Yeah, I mean, mm. come on. They literally, they got to the end of the story and then they couldn't finish it because of Choppa's neck. And then Gargano's yep. injury once Choppa comes back. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, but anyway, yeah. that, that was an awesome match. The main event was an awesome match. There were three other matches that were of varying quality. You don't love the Prinks? Uh, you know, the Balor Dragonoff match was fun, but uh, you know. Why does he do the finger guns? I don't know. They don't explain it at all. They don't. They also don't explain why he's the prince. Because he used to be a prince in uh, Bullet Club. Uh, that's a that's a trademark issue. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. When he was in Bullet Club as the real rock and roller. He was uh, very much a prince. Uh, you mean when he was in the one of those clubs that doesn't matter because we have the only club that matters? Yes, when he was in Bullet Club. White <laughs> New Jap- jacket. <laughs> El Fantasma stole that, so he can't use that anymore. Aw, oh, man. New Japan Pro Wrestling, Bullet Club. Lisa needs braces. <laughs> World's Collide was a good show. Listen to Owen and Katie review it. 
I don't know what they said. Katie, just run away from the podcast. It's okay. We're with you. Anyway, NXT also happened tonight. Okay. And here's the first thing I really want to say about this week's NXT. Thank fucking God for missing for Miz and Mrs. I'm going to give you the hottest take of all time here. The existence of Miz and Mrs. has made NXT a better show. I all right, want you're to know gonna the reason have here. to explain this. Because they can't do an overrun now. Because the 10 o'clock show is something that both UNA and WWE have a vested interest in. Okay. okay. Now I'm on board. I that, that makes much more sense because, like, look, Miz and Mrs. sounds like a decent show because I like the Miz. But, like, I didn't realize that was the reason. Yes, now they can't do an overrun because Miz, Miz and Mrs. is on 10 o'clock after NXT. So Good. they don't want to fucking overrun it and fuck with the time slot there because Miz and Mrs. is successful. Good, right. stop trying to use overruns to beat AEW. Fuck it. Just get yeah. to 10, end it, and be good. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, just let Miz and Mrs. beat a and AEW in the ratings instead. Yeah, sure. Look, I'm not going to throw a fit if Miz and Mrs. is a thing that beats AEW. Like, that means they need to move that to the 9 o'clock and 8 o'clock slots. <laughs> yeah, because here's the thing is that I feel like the trade-off here is what, what little bit of ratings you're going to be losing in, you know, people that aren't going to, that aren't going to get the over, you know, the fucking 200,000 people or so that you get every fucking, you know, Wednesday when AEW ends that want to see the end of NXT, like you're going to make up for the fact that like, this is a much better paced show this week. Like it, this week already felt like a show that was like much better paced and not to say that it didn't have problems. Like the second hour was like the first hour was a fucking stellar. The second hour, very much an NXT show of like it started off strong, then the middle was completely fucking flat, and then the main event was fantastic. But again, that's this is probably the best paced show they've done since like not ex- you know excluding one of the takeover episodes. Do you think NXT? Do you think they ever really figured out how to write a two-hour show? No. This is closer than they've gotten, though. Like, is NXT utilizing... Are they still running into the problem that I had with NXT where it's getting to be the same people, whereas when it was the pre-recorded thing, because of the nature of the way the crowd worked, you know, you would see someone like once a month and they would be able to rotate out and have developed more stories? Or is it becoming more like the same people each week? I mean, granted, I also haven't watched it in a bunch of weeks, so I don't really know for certain. But, like, I feel like I'm not seeing as much of the people that I had been seeing before, certainly. I feel like they're getting a little bit better with that. But, look, they – hey, I'm just going to spoil something for you here. They booked your favorite match again, Oscar. (laughs) Are you kidding me? I'm not fucking kidding you. One of the things that happened tonight was, you know, Keith Lee came out to cut a fucking promo. Oh, no. Because he's, you know, he beat Roderick Strong for the North American Championship last week. And he got interrupted first by Damian Priest. Oh, no. I'm going to, I got to say this, man. Damian Priest is not fucking good on the microphone. No, he's never been good on the mic. He's not supposed to be on the mic. He's a big guy. Make him do big guy things. 
The problem he's is they have a big guy that is good on the mic. Oh, he's shit. basically Roman Reigns with a deeper voice. But I mean like classic Roman Reigns. What fairy tale is uh, Damien Priest going to talk about? Pre that Roman Reigns. Oh. Like, I'm in the shield and can barely talk Roman Reigns. But they were smart in the shield because they had Roman Reigns barely talk. Except then they started to make him talk more and it's you started to see the cracks. Mm-hmm. This is Damien Priest. Also, he holds the microphone upside down. It pisses me the fuck off. I hate it so much. He's just hey. doing it because he's a big fan of The Miz. Look, I want to do that as well. That's cool. It's like Henry Rollins holding the mic like it's a fist. All right, you sold me on it. And then Dominic Dijakovic came out and yelled Uh-oh. at him some. And then Keith Lee was just like, all right, you two sort it out. I'm fucking out of here. Sorry, I almost had the Tai Chi timer go off on Dominic Dijakovic. And it immediately turned into a match. And it was a really good match, actually, between Priest and, uh, and Dijakovic. Like, hey, weird. These two, like, fast, agile Haas guys had a fucking sick-ass match. Strange how that works. Yeah, yeah like, sure I mean, that's kind of my problem, why I didn't hate them doing Dijakovic, Keith Lee all the time. Because at least the match is delivered. Oscar? Yeah? Do you think they can deliver again? I... So, let's be clear again. What are you saying the next match coming up is? I'm saying that he, that Dominic Dijakovic uh, pinned Damian Priest after a Feast Your Eyes. He is now the number one contender to and the first challenger to Keith Lee's North American Championship. Perfect. That's for you, NXT. Cut it out. I mean, hey, at least these matches delivered a lot more than, say, a uh, AJ Styles versus Humberto Carrillo. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Or now and a hey, Humberto I, Carrillo I guess... versus uh, someone like, say, Andrade. You mean Humberto Carrillo versus no one because now Andrade is wellness policied? <laughs> It, that just means in 30 days it'll be a fresh matchup again. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing I was about to say. I will give NXT credit in the sense that at least it's been like two or three months since we've seen Keith Lee and Dynamic Dijakovic fight each other. Yeah. It feels just like yesterday. And, again, like at least all of those again. matches were good. And this match, is this match happening at TakeOver Portland? Uh, I don't know, but probably. So, you know, hey, it as much as it happens a lot, and I give them shit for it, it's the kind of match that deserves to happen on a takeover. It's true. Also happening at TakeOver Portland is uh, Tommaso Ciampa versus Adam Cole for the NXT Championship. Have they okay. done this one before? No. Oh, no, they did Gargano and Cole. Yeah, a lot. I know. Sure did. So wait, is this heel versus heel? No, Tommy Champs is is babyface. Okay. We're he's, really he's in that to... Stone Cold lane. Uh, so now the crowd has turned to like him. I mean, crowd always liked him. Not always. 
I mean, since he came back. Okay. Yeah, I still like. Uh, why? Why crowd? Be better. Hate the guy. I mean, he came back after he came back from a debilitating neck injury that should have put him out for a year after seven months. That's some sure. serious babyface shit. I will That's say true. though. Hot take, it's or not hot take, but it has been shown in the past that you can still get heel heat while you're out injured. Just ask Randall Snakeman. It's true, but I look, like, I appreciate them letting Ciampa come back and, and work this fucking crazy psycho killer thing that he's doing right now. Because, hey, look, I'm into him fucking cutting a promo before they go to commercial where he's like, I'm going to find the Undisputed Era and showing a lead pipe. And then they come back from commercial and all of the Undisputed Era lackeys are dead. (laughs) All right. The show might be good. He kills the other three idiots. Then he comes out to the ring with a table and spray paint. And he spray paints the table, which is always I'm always going to mark out for. Coldozer! And just gets on the microphone while the, the Titantron is still showing the backstage of the Undisputed Era idiots dead and Adam Cole finding them. Just hanging out in the ring being like, Adam Cole, get your ass down here so I can beat the shit out of you and then sign the contract to t- fight you and take over Portland. Jesus Christ. Also, I'm going to powerbomb you through this table because fuck you. I mean, of course, the table's there to be powerbombed through. We know this. And then Adam Cole comes out, and he's very angry. And then William Regal comes out, and he's also angry. This sounds fucking great. Because Regal's like, the fuck, dude? What are you doing? Like, Adam Cole's already signed the contract because he doesn't care who he's going to fight. I was going to offer it to you. You didn't need to do this. It was just a birthday party. <laughs> and then Cole's like, nah, whatever, man. I'm going I'm to deal with this. I'm going to give him the contract to sign it. And we're going to do this my way. And he, you know, tries to take a swing. And fucking Ciampa gets the upper hand. And somehow Ciampa gets busted open. So he power bombs Cole through the table while his fucking head is like gushing blood. The crowd starts chanting to him to sign in the contract in his blood, and he just fucking <laughs> smears his bloody hand all over the contract, and it's the best fucking image. I can't tell whether he's ripping off the Fiend or Nyla Rose at this point. Why not both? Yeah. True, true. What if, what if Nyla Rose's sister Abigail? You son of a bitch, you take that back right now. I'm coming over the blood pipe. Cut to commercial. I need to will more bullshit into existence on this show. Cut to commercial. I'm going to deal with this. This shit ruled. <laughs> this is like maybe my favorite part of the show, with the exception of the main event, which was just fucking incredible. What was the main event tonight? It was the finals of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Yeah, the Broserweights, Pete Dunne and Matt Riddle versus the Grizzled Young Veterans, James Drake and uh, Liverpool's number one, Zach Gibson. Now, I'm supposed to take my shoes off for him, right? Or stand up or sit down. I don't really know. They okay. didn't sing to him this time. They okay. just chanted Gibson sucks and you still suck and all these things. Weird. North American crowds aren't as fun. 
Smash is fucking fantastic. Yeah, like, like this, this bat, on paper, this match sounded like it was going to be great, so I'm glad it delivered. Yeah, Riddle and fucking Dunn were just throwing just the harshest fucking strikes, just looking so fucking great. Like, the, the amount of crazy tag team shit that Grizzled Young Veterans can do. Between, like, there was one th- move, like, right before the first commercial break, because this match went fucking long. They gave this match time. It was over 20 minutes. Nice. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was so brilliantly, perfectly paced. But, like, just so many fucking amazingly cool moves. Like, fucking, like, right before the cur- first commercial break, they had, uh, I think it was, like, one of the, one of the two Grizzly Young Vendors. I think it was, like, Gibson had, I think, done on the outside. They basically uh, had Drake do a pescado to the outside and hit fucking, uh, hit fucking done while... Gibson was holding him in an indie taker. Jesus Christ. Yeah, they did an indie taker with a Pescado. So basically, it went to Meltzer Driver kind of situation, just, you know, not quite because they're not in the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, basically. Nice. It's fucking, like, that kind of fucking ridiculous. There was a fucking, they did a, also on the outside with Pete Dunn. They had fucking one of them, one of the Grizzled Young Veterans did a suicide dive to the outside while the other, you know, had done in the electric chair to do a fucking doomsday device. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I I need to watch this match. There was some fucking insane wrestling here. And then, yeah, just the fucking levels that, like... Dunn and Riddle took things to and just like the team like the actual legitimate teamwork that they had they looked like a fantastic fucking team which I really didn't expect this was top to bottom completely excellent probably the best match I've I've watched all night you know granted I also wasn't super closely watching AEW and just kind of checking in but yeah no this match was amazing there is one thing I did see of NXT that I thought. What's that? That I did think was fucking awesome. And that's Shotzi Blackheart. Yeah, Shotzi Blackheart. She uh, drove to. The, she drives to the ring in one of those tanks that Sammy Guevara was hanging out in at the Royal Rumble. Oh yeah, his little cat Benji's tank. Shotzi Black. I'm. I'm. I'm like. Like I was super impressed with her at the Rumble. And I'm really excited for her. She had a match tonight. It was fine. I mean, you can't... You can't go... You can't top coming in on a tank. Yeah, coming in on a tank, wearing your weird spike helmet is very cool. Yeah, she's she's not as exciting in the ring as that. And yeah. I also don't really like Deanna Perrazzo, who's who she faced. So, really didn't do anything for me. Hmm. Also on the show, uh, let's see, Finn Balor fought Trent Seven because he tried to choke Trent Seven with a door. Oh, yay. This match felt like it should have been better. Yeah. It feels weird that they're paying this off already. Yeah, Yeah, for one, yes, it does feel weird that they're paying this off already when this literally just happened, like, yesterday. But also, I, Trent just seemed really slow. 
I may not be entirely sold on Trent Seven. I'm also not entirely sold on Trent Seven, if I'm being honest. So, like, I'm starting to think that maybe Trent Seven is best as like Mustache Mountain, you know, because yeah. he, I he's better in tags than Solo. I mm. did watch him when I was like way into progress. And he was good there as um I liked I liked him as Atlas Champion. But you're right, he's a better tag person. Yeah, sure, absolutely. It's good and you know, it's like Tyler Bate will probably eventually stand out on his own in a better way. Uh but bring, yeah, it's like Yeah. Bring back just why can't WWE just do British strong style? It's a good question. I, don't I mean, know. they use the name. They just, you know. Like, why can't they just have those fucking... Like, I don't know I, I don't know if any of y'all watch Progress or watched Progress. Nope. I've seen a little bit. British Strong Style did these fucking Guy Ritchie-ass promos against a brick wall where they were just these rough British gangsters. It was awesome as shit. Just do it. Just do that, WWE. Fair. Yeah, fair. Yeah, this match could have been better. Also on the show, uh, Chelsea Green and Robert Stone are a thing. I don't, I don't get this gimmick. This makes no sense to me. I don't know who, you know, I know that, like, I think his name is Robbie E on the indies or something. I know people yeah. liked him as a manager. He he's, is fam- he's famed as a contestant on the Titan Games. Robbie Eagles? No, no. Sorry, um, that that podcast is tomorrow. Yeah, that's that's a different thing. He brought absolutely nothing to this match, and I don't really understand what Chelsea Green's character is, other than just I'm a heel lady. Yeah, which, it's again, weird. They sign her and then do nothing with her. What a surprise! Which again kind of goes into what we were talking about our problem with NXT, you know, last week, where it's like a lot of these people just have the character of I fight good. And then you want to hear the ultimate problem with NXT? Sure. Speaking of paying things off weird, they paid off Tegan Knox and Dakota Kai. What? And what? it sucked. I mean, this feud is already kind of lousy because the way it started <laughs> was pretty shit. I mean, the way it started was pretty cool at, like, the takeover, at, you know, the War Games moment. But, like, I... everything after that, I feel like, has just been rough. But, sorry, go on. I do feel – I think the War Games thing was actually kind of a lousy payoff too because it was very, very telegraphed that something was going to happen. And they paid off in that match and created a shitty handicap situation that made everybody look bad except for Rhea Ripley. Um, and and Candice. Sure. I, I guess if you watch more NXT than I do, you probably remember that she was part of that as well. Um, yeah, but also, in fairness, you're absolutely right that Candace has gotten nowhere near the shine off of that that Rhea did. Yeah, Rhea was the one who really shined off that. And then, meanwhile, we got Tegan and Dakota who were doing a really good job potentially being friends. And now they're just doing these weird acts of aggression against one another. I just, I don't get it. It, it never felt good to me. But that's not even half of it, because then they also had, like, you know, oh, now Dakota's fighting Mia Yim because of their issues from that whole thing. And Dakota technically won that match, but Mia basically got the fucking moral victory by immediately getting her heat back and putting her through, like, multiple tables after that match. Fucking 
Dakota had a little bit of shit with Rhea, like Rhea's the champion now, so a lot of good right. that did her. And then, yeah, yeah, in this match, uh, this match was really short. It was mostly fucking stupid nonsense bullshit. They did the spot that they already, you know, they did the spot again of Dakota's Kai's entrance being just the black and like the footage from takeover of her murdering fucking Tegan in the cage in black and white shown on loop while they're like playing her entrance theme, except they didn't even do it as good as they did it last time. Mm-hmm. Cause they didn't like play the, her song enough. And her song is like the fucking best part of it. And like the match itself, just a bunch of stupid chaos, a bunch of stupid, like, Oh, I'm going to grab a chair. No, don't use the chair. You can't use the chair. I'm going to grab this other thing. No, don't use that. You can't do that. Oh, here's Candace LeRae to run out and like stop fucking Dakota Kai from using a chair. And while all this is happening, uh, Tegan grabs their brace you know, grabs the, like, the brace that Dakota used to beat the shit out of her with and fucking clocks Dakota in the face with it while the ref isn't looking and then fucking does her finisher and pins her. This is exhausting in a way that I have absolutely no interest in. Dakota Kai just looks like a dork. She had- you turned on people because they thought you were a loser and you just kept losing. She had a good thing going, and now it's ruined. She had a really good look as a face as well, and I just think yeah. she looks super generic now. Yeah, she yeah. does. Absolutely. And that's the thing that frustrates me the most. Like, I, I know more about this feud than I should as someone who does not watch NXT because I follow her on Instagram because she seemed like kind of a cool nerd type who would you know post about what she's playing and things like that. And it's just gotten sad. Everything I see of her is like... I. You seem completely uninteresting now. Where are you going to go from here? Nowhere. Nowhere. They've already, like, basically killed all of the heat she had. Yeah. You might as well just go vanish and go back to New Zealand for a while. Say hi to Folly for us. Fuck them. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, once again, that's NXT. The highs are ridiculously, extremely high. The mm-hmm. lows are pretty dismal. I was going to say kind of puzzling, I would say. Also puzzling. Like, dismal in the sense that, like, I don't... Like, why are you even doing this? Who is this benefiting? Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Like, this didn't really benefit Tegan Knox. This didn't really benefit Candice. This definitely didn't benefit Dakota. No, not at all. And, like... But but the highs, I will say right now, are probably better than what AEW had to offer, which was just pretty good. Yeah, yeah, like, that's kind of the sense I got from watching AEW tonight, and, like, there are definitely times that, you know, I was more invested in that, like, let's say, Moxley, or th- yeah, the Bucks, and Omega, and fucking Hangman, but, yeah, yeah, for the most part, it was just a perfectly comfortable episode of NXT, or mm-hmm. AEW, rather, like, mm-hmm. not not the most amazing shit, but, like, hey, you know, say what you will about it, but, like, there's way more fucking storytelling going on on that than fucking NXT. This entire show was just a setup for, hey, we need to start making matches for Revolution that aren't the obvious ones. And I mean, and they had def- they're definitely doing a lot more storytelling, which I think is good because those first few weeks of Dynamite just felt like, well, we need to show crazy-ass wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yep, and they're past that now. It's like, well, we we can just show good matches now and just start setting things up. They, they, they're they starting to temper themselves. 
in this case. And they're also going like, it's, it's, I hate to say it, it's weird that they, you know, the WWE hired Krista Joseph and AEW is the company that has basically just stolen Lucha Underground's backstage promo style. Yo, so let's talk about that Butcher and Blade shit. Yeah. That was just a Lucha Underground segment! Yep, that was just like, oh my god, we have the meat beaters. And they've just been hired by MJF. And yeah, that I didn't was also see... weird that they just t- took those Southpaw wrestling characters and put them on here. It's like, I was expecting to see Seth Rollins and Rhino in the background. What the fuck? Uh, I, mean, I, I will say this. Which was kind of that... looking like Rhino, not going to lie. As someone <laughs> that was doesn't like watch... Yeah. As someone that never watched Lucha Underground, because I could never find it in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all fresh to me. And yeah. this shit works so well. This is... Exactly the kind of good, hokey, and yet kind of believable vignette that just is just out there enough to be cool. It's also the first time I actually understood that they are meant to be mercenaries. Oh, yeah. No, they're definitely, they're, they own this mercenary thing really well with this whole segment. This kind of confirmed, yeah, they just, they just do their own shit until somebody pays them and then, boom, they're there. They're ready. And, and yo... I'd love to see Cody pay the Butcher and the Blade next week to beat up MJF just to sell the fact that they're not beholden to anyone. You know at some point that is going to happen in some storyline. Maybe not this one, wait, but it's going to be a good payoff. Yeah. So Cannot wait for that. Yeah. Should we just start going through like the whole everything that I really want to call it for this point? Or how do we want to go about this? Let's hey, just let's you, just go. Through. You tell me. Okay. So uh, one thing I do want to call it, I think, is just this Ohio crowd is freaking weird. So they get real hype for Mox through the opening promo, which was a good promo. Mox, I I loved this promo. Yeah, yeah, Mox, I thought this promo was fantastic. Mox with an eye patch is even more badass than usual. He's really, really doing a great job. And then Chris Jericho comes out as expected, and the crowd is now trying to outdo the boat crowd by singing Judas. Yeah, that's going to be the thing now, is now every crowd is going to want to outdo that. And, like, probably yeah. the only one that will actually be successful is my Newark one. Yep, it's um, it's the, Nak- or the Nakamura effect all over again. Which, I mean, I'm glad at least the AEW has realized, hey, if this is over, this is over. We're not going to, like, do the Nakamura thing where, well, we don't want people to sing your song because you're meant to be a heel, so we're going to change it. That said, there was a moment when he was coming out that I felt they tried to mute the crowd, and then somebody realized, no, Chris Jericho's trying to pump him up and sell it. Let's turn the crowd back on. Yeah, because it makes sense in kayfabe that Chris Jericho thinks he's fantastic anyway. Yeah, and then I'll call them stupid idiots anyways because he's Chris Jericho and that's how he heals. Yeah. yeah, and he'll he'll be happy that you're singing the song and then immediately call you a fucking idiot for singing the song. Yeah, and by the way, Moxie, I talked to your mother, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Jesus. And like, credit to Jericho, he was able to get the crowd back on back onto booing him. He's excellent at doing that. He still knows how to get the crowd to hate him. At, even for the cheapest heat, he can make it happen. Yeah. And, you know, so... I just thought that was kind of a weird thing to call it there, but it's just, you know, this Ohio crowd really was just cheering whoever the hell they wanted to. And, you know, that's AEW for you. They're going to do that. So I want I want to just say the Pat, Moxie's promo at the beginning was so good mm-hmm. that my mother, who does not 
who only watches wrestling because it's on and she wants to take an interest in the things I like and would absolutely not want to spend more money on this dumb bullshit said, well, we have to buy that pay-per-view. Yep, sure do. That's a great... Hell yeah. That is a money promo for that very reason. So, yeah, it's... I, I have nothing but good things to say about that whole open. I normally don't like AEW trying to do the raw thing with, you know, cutting huge long promos to start, but... Those were good promos. And it's such a contrast because it's definitely something I was thinking about, too, of like if this was raw, like I would be so pissed off about like the 20 minute opening promo. Like we see this every single week. But like for one, I I also, you know, I think that it helps that definitely like AEW, like pretty much every other week has begun with like a match or like, you know, some crazy shit happening in the ring. So like when they do begin with, hey, here's just someone talking like it mm-hmm. means it feels like it means something still, you know? Yep, exactly. They they really lean into making sure their promos have some sort of substance. It's not just there because we need to fill time. Also, it helps that, as you kind of just said, their promos actually go somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. In this Seth case, it's Rollins like, cutting a 20-minute promo where he says the same shit every week went nowhere. Or even right. just like any – honestly, even just anyone cutting the 20-minute promo because the, the point of the 20-minute promo on Raw and SmackDown is always the same. It's literally – it's supposed to be, hey, I'm going to explain everything that's happened before this and everything that's happened until now so that I can get you excited for what's going to happen on the show tonight and then, oh, we'll establish a story here. Whereas like here it's just like, no, here's my fucking promo that I'm cutting because there's a thing that's important here. I'm not having to, like, build up this fucking television show that you're watching tonight and try and get you interested right. in it. Yeah, it's... You're interested in it by virtue of the fact that you're watching it. Yeah, like, exactly. theoretically, people that have tuned in have already bought into your shit. Yeah, and if they need to summarize anything, they do it usually with a quick video. And that's all they need. And they've done a good job with that thus far. The videos maybe aren't as tight as something like WWE does, but then again, they don't need to be. They just need mm-hmm. to summarize something really quick in a couple minutes get into it. Also, so. who are Santana and Ortiz's friends? Um, I don't They're know. They're Brooklyn some... thugs. That's what Chris Jericho said. Hootie who. This, this bit was kind of... I do of... like they did hootie who. This bit was super dumb, and it almost caused me to lose the promo before it wrapped around to being like, "Oh wait, this is this is fucking dumb," but I'm I'm buying into it. Yeah, it's, it's just... dumb, but they didn't focus on it. If they had put more focus on, on it, I feel like it would it could have turned really poorly. But like, they it's just kind of like, "Hey, now we have ten people." It's like, "Oh, well, shit." I bet Mox is still gonna try anyway. Crazy motherfucker. Yep. And that's really all it was, is just to create a huge fight. And, oh, my God, now everybody's got to get involved and split them up. And it also kind of ran him into Ortiz versus Moxley next week. So, and yeah, cool. I, 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 again, like, I totally, I totally buy that Chris Jericho would be clueless white guy that just likes, that just likes the idea of having a gang of street toughs around him. Oh, yeah, for much, very much so. He's the ignorant dad who thinks he's woke. But, yeah, so, good match. Um, the, I mean, good well, promo. He just wants to hear both sides, okay? <laughs> he just wants to hear both sides. He's just asking the questions here. Uh, what I'm... So, Butcher Blade versus Young Bucks, really good match. Um, that followed this. I almost feel like I loved even more what happened after the fact. 
Like, we know what Butcher and Blade was all about. It was just about MJF cutting promos. Like, they're, I'm going to rough them up because I need to get them for, you know, throwing me in a pool. I can't swim, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I will it say... It was just about him being on commentary, being a dick. Yeah. Pretty I much. I will that say I kind of wish Butcher and Blade won. Yeah, but, I mean... Yeah. Just because I, the Young mm-hmm. Bucks are still going to... The Young Bucks are not going to be less over by losing. But yeah, Butcher and Blade are really at risk of not being taken seriously. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that was a weird choice um, from that perspective. I do like that they now have drugged Kenny and kind of accidentally Hangman into this whole thing. Including the moment that I really want to call it from all this. Um, Hangman's finally in... I know he didn't have a match today, but he's finally brought beer out to the ring in kind of more of a sense than he has before. And has created a hold my beer moment. I was way into this. It was actually really fucking cool. Like, just gets one of the Bucks to hold his beer. They don't drink. Remember, the good Christian boys. Buckshot Lariat grabs a beer, finishes it off, and walks away. Sorry, again, I'm out of here later. Again, like, I, they are really walking a fine line with this potential alcoholism angle. But at the same time, he is not drinking before a match. Yep. He didn't have a match today. And the other segment they had them in which was, uh, I guess, Paige's daughter interviewing the Bucks and Kenny. And then Paige comes in and is like, hey, I found the nameplates that they made for you two. Here they are. Bye now. Not realizing he's actually kind of dig- making a dig at them. Or it's- maybe completely realizing it, but he's drunk, so he doesn't care. Right. And, you know, it's hard to tell because he's inebriated. So, you know, it's like, yeah, it's, um, I-, I feel like they're, they ha- they're pushing closer to line here, but really creating an interesting dynamic between the tag team champions at this point. Yeah, I'm so into this. Like, they're... Hangman's character is actually actively being saved by this. So. My one disappointment with this was that we didn't get a funny cry-on for, for Hangman this week. Yeah, true. That's unfortunate. He needs two next week. <laughs> Do it, cowards. Do it. And in terms of, like, kind of saving characters and stuff, I think Britt Baker saved her ass a little bit here. I'm not gonna, I'm not ready to go that far. I still thought this promo was better than the boat promo. Oh, by far. This promo like, still wasn't that great. No, it wasn't great, but it was like, okay, I can buy this as a shitty mid-card heel. Um, but same token, like this actually did a proper promo. She probably had my favorite call of the night talking to JR about you're getting paid huge checks to sit here and you can't remember any of our names, which was only exacerbated later on when he called Isaiah Cassidy, Isaiah Kennedy. Well, he you also see said I, something weird earlier see, actually, tonight that Trace, I found I'm just strange. calling him Isaiah Kennedy because I think that's a more money name. And when uh, he wants to have a singles career, you know, Isaiah Cassidy's just not the kind of name that gets over. I hate this JR you've brought out here. And he needs to go in the pool right now. Get in the pool, JR. Get in the pool. But, yeah, you were saying, I'm sorry. Uh, one of you was saying about. Uh, oh, or John was saying about. Um, 
We're talking about Britt Baker. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Or know there was a moment Baker. earlier on with Jr. or something like that. Uh, yeah, there there is just some moment that he said something weird earlier in the night too, or like flubbed yeah. a name that I was very. Oh no, I remember it was he was reading out the you know he's saying hey go get your tickets for you know the show at aetix.com. Oh like, Jesus Christ, he did that again. Gotcha. Forgetting the W, dude. Yeah. So, are we gonna buy aetix.com and have it redirect to prowrestling.cool? Going to hover right now. <laughs> But yeah, no, I just thought, like, this is a better promo. They can make Britt Baker better. I'm still a little pissed at what's probably going to happen. Um, by the way, com is technically available. It costs $2,755. Jesus! Well, Patreon.cool, help us afford this website. <laughs> make us buy a shitty domain that redirects to nowhere. <laughs> But yeah. Oh, no. you mean fuck Saudi Arabia dot cool? No, that's a good one. Do we still hold that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're gonna have that probably for a year. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I I still think she's got some work to do, but this was improvement. Like if she leans into this more and feels more genuine about it, maybe more people chanting Pittsburgh sucks at her will help. <laughs> Side note: Pittsburgh sucks. Pittsburgh does suck. Um, how you feeling about Kip Sabian though? Kip Sabian, I feel like he's really starting to come in his own. Like, he had, he's a good wrestler. We know that. Like, that first match again of AEW ever was pretty fucking good with him and Sammy Guevara. He's finally leaning into the cheating heel stuff really well, not counting the one boat match where maybe he had a really bad assisted pin. Um, where maybe Aubrey should have seen that it was being assisted pretty goddamn clearly. Um, but yeah, no, he... He and uh, Penelope Ford both did a very good job trolling the shit out of Arn Anderson to the point where he gets so frustrated that he bumps Bryce Remsburg intentionally. There's really nothing I'll say about this match. It was solid, but... What I what it, I do want to call out is I did enjoy the moment with uh, Joey Janela. Yeah, and oh yeah, Joey Janela trolled the hell out of uh, both Kip and Penelope by getting between their kiss. Like a the, Looney Tunes type thing. The facial really expression good. he had when he did that was awesome. Also, yeah. I'm glad he ditched the fucking braids. Yeah, those were not a good look for him. Look, they're on a boat, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were. They I, did the thing that white people with long hair do when they go to the islands, which is get braids that immediately fall out because your hair is too pin straight. Mm-hmm. I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna say something, but then I remembered I totally, when I had my super long hair, had my hair in a big ass braid. <laughs> so yeah, all I really want to call it there is like no white you know, person with long hair is safe. <laughs> is that, are those the new Kip. lyrics to Tommy Champ's theme? <laughs> wow. No, if it was wow. Tommy Champ's theme, it would be more about liking cops. I mean, they just did a good job making Kip look like he had a believable chance to beat Cody with his cheating ass self. And he has a good shot to be pretty good in the mid-card if he keeps this up. So They've also, they're also doing a good job of my criticism I had before of, why do you need Kip Sabian when you already have Sammy Guevara? And they have now very different styles. Yeah. So, yeah, good on them for doing that. 
Um, again, just keep an eye on Kip Sabian. I think he's going to have a good shot at advancing up the card very soon. Um, other than that, like, I don't really want to talk about the matches and stuff. Inner Circle versus Allen and Private Party was fine. It was just a build for a beatdown and Inner Circle kind of shown how good they are. And then Moxie runs in and, you know, we're pumping up the main event for, you know, our upcoming pay-per-view in Revolution. Cool. You know what I will say? What? When we, 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 we totally skipped over the most important thing about this new Britt Baker character. Oh, yeah, sure. Go on. Guess what match he's having next week? Well, I was going to get to that because, you know, it, it, I don't think it was announced right there, but it was announced shortly after. Um, first, before I go here, because I'm going to lose my shit once it happens. Um, yeah, we're going to save that one for the for last because... Okay. I'm going to be we're very end quick on high about note. these. Uh, so, SCU and TH2 had a decent match with each other. Um, it was like a combo... Kobe Bryant and LaParka tribute match. TH2 coming out with LaParka gear. SCU coming out with Kobe gear. Huh. Very strange. Well, and the only reason I say it was definitely LaParka gear is Jack Evans did LaParka dance on the ramp. Oh, yeah. So, I, I think it was intended as a tribute. They are AAA guys, so, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Um. Also, Pac cut a promo with a vignette style and everything, not like backstage. Oh, my God, that promo was so cool. Pac yes. is now a grudge ghost. He's a goddamn grudge ghost, and he fucking owned it. Which is weird, because I'm like... I, he doesn't have entrance gear. He doesn't have special gear. He's always just the man in tights. And, you know, elbow pads and knee pads. Pac is screaming for a fight. But he, he fucking ruled this whole thing. It was just amazing. Pac is like magic on a goddamn mic. and It's amazing to me. I think Pac... Maybe Moxley, but all but probably Pac is someone that has benefited the most from not having to do bullshit scripted promos. I agree. I absolutely. I, I'm so surprised about it, but it's like he just he made me believe that he is going to be a scary, scary threat going forward. Even if I think like I feel like part of the promo when he started coughing was maybe actually flubbed, but he yeah, rolled right that- through with it. No, that's the thing is that, like, that totally felt like, oh, this is a flub. He actually just, like, lost his voice for a second there. But just the way mm-hmm. that he sold that just, like, spitting, like, just even saying this guy's name is enough to make him sick and feel like he needs to get it out of his throat. Like, ah, mm-hmm. so cool. Yeah, pocket went up, again, several levels. Not Neville levels, just normal levels. In my book with this. It was fantastic. Like, I don't know how they're going to pit him or who they're going to pit him against necessarily, but it looks like he's going after Kenny Omega's blood. The man yeah. the glass ceilings forgot. Yep, exactly. Hide your rehos. <laughs> and speaking of hiding your amazing Joshi talent. Don't worry. They don't need to hide rehos. She's safe in Japan. Yeah. You know who won't be safe in Japan be in a again. week? Hey, John. What's going on, Trace? I can fly, bitches. They're fucking bringing Yuka Sakazaki back. Yuka Sakazaki is finally coming back to AEW. It's the best. 
We have waited so fucking long for this. We have been waiting ever since fucking all all in. Or wait, all no, out. it was double or nothing. We're, no, yeah, they had she, that fucking was, great she, she was at Fighter Fest. Have we really not Fighter seen Fest? her since Fighter? Yeah, she was at Fighter Fest because remember they changed her theme song. Yeah, and here's the thing: when they sh- they debuted her new Tony Tron on Twitter. It's her proper fucking theme song. Yes. All right. Now I'm in. Yes. Like, I retweeted and everything. It, it's fantastic. I'm so happy. My goddamn good magical Ridge Racer girl is coming back to AEW, and I love her with every fiber of my beating. Do not mess with my daughter. I'm so excited. Put the I belt just... on her right now. Put the yes. belt on her right now. She's a magical anime girl. She's perfect in every conceivable way. Bad news, she's facing Dr. Britt Baker next week. I feel confident that she's going to murder Dr. Britt Baker. Murder Dr. Britt Baker and take the belt, you coward. I, I mean, not, not you, Yuka, the bookers, just you're cowards. Yeah, make it, it, would, happen. it would make I'm sense. I'm a coward, too. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fight Yuka. I'm a coward. Me neither. I wouldn't, I wouldn't fight her. She's too magical. Also, I, 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 I can fly. Yes. She, she's just the best. Ever since I saw her at Double or Nothing, I just was giggling for like the entire rest of the night over that damn theme, over that yeah, damn part of how, me, how she conducted herself. Part of me feels like one of the big reasons behind the re, them resetting the rankings going into 2020 is so that they can believably push Yuka Zakazaki. Exactly, because that's the other thing that I actually pointed out before we started this podcast. If you look at Strength of opponent and that sort of thing. Yuka Zakazaki, unfortunately, due to how they booked her, is pretty much the lowest ranked woman. If you don't consider that they could say we've reset the rankings and win losses and everything. So, yeah. Push her to the fucking moon, y'all. Do it, you cowards. I, th- this legitimately, I, I'm not even fabricating this all. I am... So excited to see her back. I want to see her have a good long run. Just just please. Yeah. No. No, no argument here. That's what I want. Give it to me. Give it to us. Yep. Give it to yes. us now. Yep. And unless y'all got other comments, that's all I got for AEW. Yuka Zakazaki's coming back. Zakazaki's coming back. What else matters? Yeah, nothing else matters. I I I I I I I I I I I I we saved the best for last, and now we have to finish. Because that that's great. Everything's great. Wrestling is wonderful again. Yuka Zakazaki lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's it for this week in wrestling. Some of it was good. Some of it was less good. But all of it was plur. Mm-hmm. It sure was. Y'all doing anything fun wrestling related this weekend? Uh, we've got a podcast going up. I don't know well, if I'd call it fun. Aside from that. Um, no, not really. I'm going to a show on Saturday. Ooh, Capital or a good promotion? No, it's some fucking indie promotion. We create a pro wrestler. I don't fucking know what they are. But <laughs> I, honestly, it's some fucking dumbass indie show in like long, on Long Island. The only reason I'm going is because Orange Cassidy is going to be there. Nice. 
Our, I want to see Orange Cassidy in person. I don't care if I don't know a single other person there. Freshly squeezed, baby. That's uh, completely did y'all, fair. Did y'all see the best new AEW Orange Cassidy merch? No. Foam thumbs up. Yeah. Merch freak that shit. Exactly. I can't wait for that to be the best-selling piece of wrestling merch of the year. It's going to happen. You know it. It better. Oscar, as you were saying, though, that's what's going on on the website, on the, you know, in my life. But on the website, Friday morning, what's going on, Oscar? Uh, What's going on is I think we're going to get fired from PW.C. Oh, cool. I can run (laughs) this podcast by myself now. This is great. No problem. Why would that happen? Uh, we've got the idiot's guide to the new beginning to New Japan's new beginnings coming up. You goddamn fools! We covered all eight of those shows. <laughs> Fucking what? Why? No! Stop it, you two! You know, as John said, I don't even think there is a G One Supercard this year. Not technically wrong, you... God damn it. (laughs) God damn it, you two. See, this is the trick that we always... This is the point of the podcast. The trick that we get away with is technically correct is the best type of correct. No, we get away with it because it's all parody. Yeah, no, it's completely... Anything we say about co-hosts of podcasts, it's all parody. Or the people that we said maybe should die... Am I going to have to listen to this? Am I going to have to see what you've said about me? Yes. Only one way to find out, Trace, and that's to tune in. Check out ProWrestling.Cool Friday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern for the latest episode of The Idiot's Guide to New Japan for the New Beginnings Tour. So I'm going to be mad on another Friday at work listening to this shit because of what you've done. You know, Yet another Friday where everybody's going to be wondering why my fists are shaking while I'm trying to get work done. Because Friday, some people are saying some shit about American Kentas and bullshit like that. Friday is a day that people are happy about. We have to make sure that the universe balances itself out. Yeah, no, no kidding. They're going to be like, oh, you had something go wrong in your life? And it's like, yes, yes, boss, I have. I have. And it's about an hour long, maybe longer. <laughs> I God can't believe it, we finally have the hour-long podcast that PW.C has so desperately been trying to get. Hour and twenty minutes, please. I can't believe I, mean, I can't believe the short wrestling podcast. We shouldn't have wished for it on a monkey's paw. <laughs> the, all those fingers are curling at once right now because of what you've done. You pieces of crap. You wanted more New Japan coverage. This is the New Japan coverage. I'm Oscar Bernhard, your New Japan Pro Wrestling Editor at Large. You know what? You can have it now. I'm, you get to cover the G1 now. Good luck with Owen. No, no. It's going to be it's gonna be me and John going through the G1 Climax just based on us reading the match results and times and imagining what the matches were like. You know, honestly, that's probably and better than what we're doing. If, and wondering how that match would be had have gone if it was Toriano and Taichi. <laughs> Good luck envisioning how the hell bad match Fale matches go. 
Wow, Good this, luck with that. This Fale Kenta epic went on for 25 minutes. It's match of the year. Okay, road trip to Toronto. I'm getting a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> We're dealing with this. No. Tra- Trace, there's nothing you can do to my body that nature hasn't already done. <laughs> Shit. You've got me there. On that note, heel turns on Monday. I'll presumably be on that. Why? I don't know. But next week on this very show, I got something special planned. In fact, so special that this is literally the first that either of you have heard about it until yeah, now. Yeah, no, I haven't. I'm, I'm actually kind of scared now because we just talked about it. It's gotten him a little rankled. Oscar? John? I really regret what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it. I'm giving you 15 minutes next week. I want a preview of the first week of XFL. No, no, what the? (laughs) Hell yes. I want you to give predictions. I want you to tell us where you think the season is going. I could Uh. run through the entire 52-man roster of every team that they confirmed this week. If that's how you want to spend the time, go ahead, man. But you're not getting more you. But at the 15 minute mark, you are getting timer Tai Chi timer the fuck out of. I'm gonna Yuka timer him. <laughs> yep. Okay. Yeah. Not arguing with this. I can't believe you've done this, John. All right. Have the last it's episodes. A celebration. Have the last words of this podcast just be Trace saying, I'm going to Yuka Tyra him and then play us out with the Yuka Sakazaki music. <laughs> you know, maybe that's my thing now. Maybe I'm going to switch it to Yuka Timer because I love my Tai Chi, but Yuka is my precious daughter and I will fight for her honor. What if Yuka replaces Mihawabe? But who will pray then? Who will do the praying? What if Mihawabe prays for both of them? I mean, yeah, okay. Praying for man and woman? This is very inclusive for Japan. I am for hey, it. Hey, look, hear me out here. Taichi's got a girlfriend. Yeah. And his girlfriend's got a girlfriend. <laughs> Son of a bitch. I can't, I can't believe New Japan just got banned from Twitch. God damn it. Bullet Club. Lisa needs braces, Bullet Club. Lisa needs braces, Bullet Club. The show needs to end. Yes, I, as I said, please. end it with Trace saying Yuka Timer. The show, this show is over. The show is now done. We're not doing plugs. Actually, we're doing one plug. Oscar, plug your... How, do, how can people give you money? Okay, uh, PayPal me at eng.1966 at yahoo.ca. That is my real email address. And I'm really broke. Pay my, the man. My bank Pay just charged man. me a $90 overdraft fee. That's Jesus. bullshit. Pay the man. Pay the man. Twitch.tv slash PSEG. Visit that, please. Pay the man. He's ostensibly running this website. Pay the man. It's true. Wait, am I the million dollar man? I mean... Give me a laugh. <laughs> nah, you're, you're, you're about 60% there. You, you got the cadence right. You just, it's like. I don't have, yeah, like I don't have the the timber of Ted DiBiase's voice. Yeah, like it, it's, it's got a little gravel to it and you don't have that gravel. I need to smoke more.
Well, there we go. This has been episode 15 of I'd Rather... (laughs) I almost said I'd Rather Not, Jesus Christ. It's one fucking 30, okay? What do you want from me? Yeah. I'm literally going to Yuka-timer you in a few seconds. This has been episode 15 of Heal Alternative Pro Wrestling, not Cool's Posse Podcast about professional wrestling. We will see you next week, and until then... Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows.